When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors. Cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and I'm particularly excited for um, you know today's guest. I always love when people reach out to me and, and just talk about the amazing work they're doing, because I, I, I think um, this gentleman here is doing incredible work. His name is Zach Burt, um, and he is a freelancer, and he's, he's had freelance consulting as his number one income channel for the past decade, and he's going to be talking about some of the lessons that he's, he's learned you know, owning his own consulting businesses, essentially giving you all a playbook as you all are, are in your entrepreneurial stage, you're thinking about launching your own brand, your own business and, and leveraging your, your talents to to a particular company or an audience, um, this is definitely an episode for you. And if even if you're someone that likes the lifestyle type of entrepreneurship where you're traveling all over the world and you're building up clients as you're, as you're moving, this is definitely the episode for you. So, Zach Burt, welcome to the show. Hi, Tayo. Hi, everyone. I'm really uh, excited to be here. Uh, I can't wait to share some info with you. I think you are completely correct in that this show will be great for anyone who has entrepreneurial ambition or is into traveling i'm based in the u.s but a lot of my clients are international and that's afforded me an exciting opportunity to travel the world um and also get paid a little bit so it's been a lot of fun hey well uh, thank you for thank you for uh coming on the show so talk to us how did it all get started for you you've been doing this for close to 10 years now so i'm very curious sure so I uh, got into programming when I was pretty young, and then when I was 19, I built a Facebook app called Lame Factor. Uh, Lame Factor was uh, kind of a silly app. You basically connected to Facebook, and then it allowed you to rate all your Facebook friends 1 to 10 at life, not on how pretty they are or how hot they are, but just how good of a person they are. And the app went viral and became one of the top apps on Facebook early on. And as a result of that, a lot of people started messaging me asking if I could build apps for them. 
And then I started building apps for people, Facebook apps. And then from there, I started building other kinds of things for them. So oh. that was my that was my process. <laughs> so yeah, you are 19 years old, the early stages of Facebook. Um, you know, I think I've been on Facebook for nine years, so I, I missed the, the 10 year mark. And okay. <laughs> yeah, it was it's going to be 10 years in, uh, in November this year. Uh, but it's interesting. So you you got that, and were you always interested in in coding, or was it just a hobby for you? Oh, it was, it was just a hobby for me growing up. My aunt was an engineering manager at Hewlett Packard, and she helped me get started. Hmm. And uh, from there, I was—I didn't major in computer science. I uh, had little formal training. My coding experience was always driven by a passion for wanting to build something. Like, for example, one of the first coding projects I did was there was this app called AOL Instant Messenger back in the day that was yep. – Used for we chatted on a lot, and I wanted to build a bot for AIM. I wanted to build like a, a robot to like mess with my friends and just, just you know, I, it was something that was just really exciting to me. So I learned uh, how to build that. And coding for me was always about what I wanted to build. It was never about computer science or the engineering process. Though later I learned some of those things as necessary, but for me it was always about the passion. Oh, oh, and that was you that did the aim, or build the buff of that? Aim I built. I built uh, yeah, sure. So there was a, there was a whole community of people who built AOL robots, um, uh, and I was I was definitely not like a founder of that community. I was I was simply a participant. People online would share their knowledge, and I would basically copy examples uh, of AIM robots and modify them a little bit here and there. Gotcha. And that's how I gradually got my start until I had the confidence to build things from the ground up all by myself. So I started just by copying something that was already working and making it my own. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. So 19, you've got this this viral success. Uh, you, you didn't go to college for it for um, that particular engineer. And then what, talk to me about the process of realizing that you wanted to actually um, go into full on consulting. Uh, well, you know, it was really funny because when I'm, I, you know, I, it can be a little bit tacky to talk about money, but I'm just going to share the honest truth for the benefit of the community here. Right. So when I, when people were asking me to build apps for them, I was charging eighty five dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and then I I was doing that while I was in school. So I was in college, but I was also working on my consulting business on the side. And then I graduate college, and everyone's saying, well, you should go get a job. So I look, and I find, okay, I'll, I'll go get a job. I ended up working for the National Hockey League in New York City, and they paid me $80,000 a year, which sounds like a lot of money to an undergrad, but uh, when you look at the hourly rate for that job versus the consulting work, and then I, I thought about how much I enjoyed the consulting work versus my job at the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. It became a, a no-brainer to focus on consulting instead of full-time employment. Hmm. So you, you identified what your passion was and you, you decided, even though conventional standards state that there's a security with the NHL job and on the outside 80000 a year for an, <laughs> someone that's fresh out of college looks um, like a lot of money, you preferred to say, yes, I can make more money doing what I'm passionate about, but more importantly, I feel like this is something that I, I can you know, have more ownership with and just enjoy, frankly, more. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything tacky about that. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> I, I think, I, you know, for me, how I got into consulting and doing this was I had been working two jobs, um, you know, two nine hour jobs essentially for a year. You know, I, I you know, the podcast has afforded me opportunities to essentially do, you know, the, a lot of some of these freelance gigs and stuff like that. But then I, I had to get to a point where I was honest with myself and saying, like, I'm spending way more time doing all this work that I'm not necessarily getting paid for. I've got to actually take that leap and just go on because I've built this expertise as a cross-cultural expert, a, a trainer, and a, and a consultant. And that why not just take that leap? And I had to have that conversation with myself, and and I ultimately had to choose one. And so I think a lot of people in in this phase they actually deal with that dilemma whether it's they already have a job but they're building a, a passion and they're kind of scared. You know, the lack of security that it might provide. Oh, can yeah. I say something? Yeah. I mean, back in the day, I was like, I was living in an, a shared apartment. When I quit my job at the NHL, I was living in a shared apartment in the East Village. I had a room with no windows. <laughs> uh, the, the only window was to the living room. Uh, yeah, there were like the, there was no air conditioning. Um, I would like, I would look under the couch for quarters to go get some food. Um, but, and you know what, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. It was definitely an emotional roller coaster. It was, um, it could be very stressful at yeah. times. Yeah. Um, uh, especially since I had everyone questioning me for quitting the, my job, like my, uh, parents and my family have been extremely supportive of me cause they want the best for me. But you know, it, it's shucking convention can be threatening. Yeah. And, and uh, especially when you don't have the credibility to say, no, this will work. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I've since been building that credibility and things have changed. But initially, uh, it, it was extremely challenging uh, emotionally. So I'm not going to say that it's a walk in the park. It's not. Oh, but, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, the, but the passion um drove me and um i hope it's not just uh, like rose colored glasses like i'm looking back on it with you know a positive attitude but the truth is i love the journey and i was okay with the roller coaster no and i reason and I was, no i love that and the reason why i wanted you to share that experience i know i sorry i'm not sorry for cutting you off it's it's i think people have that romantic idea of next um you know overnight success and you explain your your experiences is, is definitely um something that goes against that conventional stereotype but yeah carry on oh okay absolutely um like i read this book the four hour work week and uh it, you know a lot of people read that book and they think okay i'm going to read this then i'm going to be successful and i'm only going to have to work four hours a week well, um, it doesn't really work like that because if you want to build a business, uh, you know, there's passive income doesn't really kick in until you have tens of millions of dollars that are just earning interest for you. Then it can be truly passive. But even then, you're going to have to pay attention who's managing your money, etc. So the work never really ends. I just if, if you want to take responsibility for your success, I submit that the work never really ends. And that's just an idea that you have to get used to early on. But I'm going to say something else is that the, the way that overnight success can happen, like at a superficial level, is when you spend time laying the groundwork to build an audience and then promote something to your audience. And then it explodes because of the momentum. 
for example, Teo, you have this audience with your website and your consulting business, your social media and your podcast. And if, if, for, if you want to launch like a new product or service, you're going to appear to have success or overnight success with it because you have a built-in fan base that you can market to and an audience that you can market to. So I recommend everyone spends time building up an audience because your audience is going to be the precious resource that helps you achieve that overnight success. No, no. And, and it's funny that you say that because, you know, like, you know, going through your experience, I, I live in New York City now. So the, the broke New York City lifestyle has been something that, that I have lived. I mean, my, when I, my second year of my MBA here, I was $20,000 in debt. Um, didn't know how, I figured out how to get out of it, but that was kind of like my experience and, and me going against traditional, uh, employment practices and even saying, like questioning myself, you know, going through that rom- um, romantic idea and getting over that quickly, but that roller coaster where mm-hmm. I, my parents were supportive in what they were saying, <laughs> but you could definitely see her in their face, like, man, I just, <laughs> yeah. I'm tired, just get a job, you know, and add to the fact that I'm actually, I'm not even a citizen, so I'm, uh, you know, I have to have spe- special visas, and those things take a lot of time. So, like, well, you know, you're being too risky, but. Even though those times were hard and even having to leave a secure job and come back to that, I will say what you said about the foundation is key because it was right around that time that I launched the podcast, right? And I now it's two years in and it's it's done a lot more than I ever thought it would be. But it, it was I you know, it was out of sheer passion that I was doing it. And I was it's like I you know, I don't know who's gonna listen, but I feel like this is a message that needs to get out there and, and it's it's I've done this consistently every week for two years now. And, and and to your point, you were saying earlier, not everybody can stick through doing something consistently for a lot of time if they don't see any rewards. But for me, I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I want to add something right here that just feels really important for the audience is that a lot of people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. Wow. Wow. Okay. Miss... Uh, yeah, I was going to call you Zach Golden, but I guess... Uh, <laughs> That's Golden. great. Call me Zach Golden. I love it. Zach Golden. <laughs> That's amazing. A lot of people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. Wow. I don't know. Okay. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you this then. So it's, it's been 10 years since we're doing this 10 years. What have you um, accomplished in the last 10 years that you have been so surprised by? Okay, uh, let's see. I have I built a business from scratch that served 2,000 customers internationally. Mm-hmm. I spoke at South by Southwest in Texas, leading a co-leading a panel. I published a book. I uh, had lots of adventures in my personal life that I I don't need to go into here, <laughs> but maybe I'll tell you about them some other time. <laughs> I've uh, learned a new language. Huh. I Swedish. Oh, okay. Uh, I got to travel to uh, France and to Sweden. I uh, helped uh, innumerable clients. I became an expert in web applications. I. Wow. Um, Gosh, I wish I had my resume in front yeah. of me. But oh, oh, let's see what else. Okay, I raised angel financing 
for a business project. <laughs> I um, started a hedge fund and got 1.5 million in capital commitments from two super high net worth individuals. They later withdrew their capital because my fund was volatile, but it felt like an enormous accomplishment that just simply wouldn't have been possible for me 10 years ago. No, I mean, and you know, ladies and gentlemen, as you listen to this, that this is this is not even like a bragging type of thing. This is more, and he just told you how he was living in an apartment with no windows, and and that was that was his short side, you know, view at the time. Like, what am I doing? I've left an eight thousand a dollar a year job, but I'm following my passion, and this is kind of what happens as you build the foundation. And this is going to lead to the next question: Is someone's asking you, "All right, Zach, I'm in. You you buy. You know, I'm sold." How can I get into consulting? How can I even identify what my thing is? And if I have identified it, how can I start? What do I do? What do you tell them? Uh, I would say that if you have a skill that you can provide, um, something that you do for fun, something that you're really good at, start by figuring out what you can do and then figure out how to tell people about it. Hmm. Um, And a lot of people, like for example, a lot of people don't want to admit that they're really good at something and it doesn't occur to them. Like they may have something that they're really, really good at, but they, they think, oh, no one would ever pay for that. But, you know, I just want to say you're wrong. There's a market in everything. So whatever you are skilled at, whatever you are talented at, whatever you're competent at, make a list of that and then get the word out that you're available. I mean, getting the word out is free. I got my first um, client for uh, the building Facebook apps who, who didn't come to me directly by posting an ad on Craigslist. So I posted an ad on Craigslist in the resume section, and I found someone who was looking for me because there, there, I knew I had a feeling there was people out there who wanted a Facebook app built. So I posted an ad. So whatever your talent is, whether it's social media, maybe you get a lot of likes on your posts just because you're gifted at storytelling in social media. Maybe you are great at languages and can teach people, you can tutor. Maybe you are, and I, I just, I feel like I'm rambling here, but what, whatever your specific talents are, just let people know that you're available and the more momentum you build, the greater your influence and ultimately your ability to earn money is going to be because of this principle called the best alternative to no agreement. Uh, Tay, is it okay if I talk here a little bit about that? Please, it's your show. Yeah, go ahead. So best alternative to no agreement or B-A-T-N-A is, or BATNA, is this principle that your negotiating power in a deal for example, the amount of money you can charge for a consulting contract is based on your ability to walk away from dealing with the other party and go find someone else. So the more people who want to work with you, the higher rate you can charge or the more money you can make. So my recommendation is just put yourself out there and start get at a very low rate if necessary and just build up credibility and people who want to work with you. The best way to, to get a good product to go viral is not spending thousands on marketing or millions on marketing, though that can help, but it's to build something that's just inherently so good that people want to talk about. 
That's what Seth Godin talks about in all his books, the purple cow. Just build something so great that people have to promote you. The marketing concept of net promoter score is based on this. It's based on how many people just love your product so much that they tell other people about it because it makes them look good to share it. So if you're deliver if you just do such good of a job for people and you are faithful and high integrity with them, they're going to spread the word about you. They are going to be your fans and your advocates. And those people are going to be the people who help you get there. It's all about community. It's all about other people. And I think that's why your work, Teo, is so important in building international communications and relationships because uh, there's just there's it's a huge world and the more people that you can help and communicate with um, correctly th- the better you're going to do well and thank you so much and, and it's i mean it, I, you're too kind for saying that but if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you hey everyone i've been on the go recently phoenix kansas city chicago if you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home you have an airbnb hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle if you live in a big game town you can airbnb your place for fans to stay in your home might be worth more than you think Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Love what you well, I'm, I'm here because it's serving me, so I don't <laughs> think it's kind at all. I think I'm just, I'm just well, you know, being honest. Well, I appreciate it. The, the, um, um, the principles that you shared, are these shared in your, in your book? I know you recently wrote a book with uh, Jay. Um J.L. Yeah, Khaki. Uh, yeah. Um these are principles they're sharing in your book, right? Uh to an extent. Um I'm going to be completely honest that the book is mostly for people who are interested in consulting and they are programmers. Right now the book is absolutely geared towards people who are interested in making an impact through code. Mm-hmm. Well, um, share it. Share about it. I mean, there are a lot of people that are tech savvy and tech um, and, and engineers in the audience, so I'm sure they can benefit from it. What's the book about? So the book is called Code for Cash, and it's a guide to finding clients and building successful relationships with them. Um, my co-author Jay Alkaki is another guy who's not a U.S. citizen. He's living here. He got an MBA. He paid off $70,000 in debt for his MBA by doing consulting on the side. Oh, so he's me. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And uh, 
this, the, the book just explains step by step how to find clients uh, for p- computer programming work and how to manage the relationship. Like for example, dealing with all the issues like invoicing, dealing with gives you techniques and war stories for dealing with clients who don't pay your bill. It talks about relationship management, communication. Uh, it talks about legal ideas. Uh, wrote, a lawyer uh, wrote that chapter on legal ideas and spells out a bunch of confusing legal ideas for uh, everyone uh, who is new to the world of business and contracts and could be intimidated by legal jargon. So the I think that if we, you know, maybe the direction that the book will evolve is that we will improve the book so that it is applicable for programmers, but also anyone who wants to consult. But right now, just honestly, we're not there yet. Right now, it's very specific mm. in a niche market. Um, but uh, if anyone out there is interested, our website is breakingintoconsulting.com. Our Twitter is Code for Cash Book. And if you send me an email, I would love to help you out. No, absolutely. And, and I know you keep saying it, it's so centered for for um, um for coders, but I, I honestly feel like there are a lot of transferable skills. You know, you know, even if it's the the BANT qualification that you have, which is budget, authority, need, and timeline, I think that's something that's transferable as well. And you can share about it, but there's also something that I, I love that you talked about when we were communicating via email, which is um you know, there are some people who are wonderful specialists but aren't experts business people yet. You know. And I'm very curious as to, as to how you help uh, bridge that divide. Okay, sure. So uh, we'll talk about both of those. So let's start with BANT qualification. Sure. So it's called Budget, Authority, Need, Timeline, BANT qualification. So when you're dealing with a prospect, uh, someone who wants to engage you in consulting work, BANT qualification can not only help reinforce your value to them, but can also prevent you from wasting your time with clients who aren't going to pay you or just kicking the tires, so to speak. They're just checking you out, but they're not really interested in moving forward. So it's making sure that they have a B budget so that they have some budget allocated to this project. If it's a real business project, they're going to have a budget because businesses work on budgets. If it's just speculative, there's going to be no budget. They're going to try to play close to zero I don't recommend working with those people because they're not really in business. They're just trying to get something from you. So although I believe in a give first mentality where appropriate in terms of business dealings, qualifying and making sure they have a budget for the project is important. Now, I don't want to give people the wrong idea because a lot of business people have this principle that whoever throws out the first number in negotiation loses. But I'm going to say something here. I'm going to say something a little bold. I'm going to say that while you're starting out, if you want to throw out the first number of negotiations, don't be afraid to do that. It lets the other person feel like they're winning. And if they feel like they're winning, they're not going to be threatened by you, and they're going to be more likely to want to move forward with you. Hmm. So that's, that's the step B, budget. So A, in Bant is authority. So does this person have the authority to go ahead with the project? For example, let's say that you're dealing with a company and you're talking to someone. Are they the person who's going to be working with you day to day? 
or are they the person who's going to be able to say, yes, you have approval for this project, here's the check. So you need to make sure that you're also dealing with the decision maker who has the authority to go ahead and authorize the purchase. Now, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to deal with the decision maker because they're too busy and they want their employee or their subordinate to do the investigation for them. That means it's your job to arm that person with lots and lots of information resources that they can take to their manager and have the manager say yes to the opportunity. So you need to be able to, if you don't have access to the authority directly, you need to give the person all the information they need and need to make it very, very easy for them to spoon feed that info to their manager. You need to make sure they can't screw it up, frankly. And then it takes us to N or need. So make sure that this other party or you know party you're dealing with has a true business need for whatever you're offering. And it's super important that you don't just try to shove a solution down their throat where they don't need it because life is long and relationships are the way to really earn money in business because it's not it, – there's a saying in business, you don't um, – Make a get a customer to make a sale. You get make a sale to get a customer because the economic value of a business usually comes to play through lifetime value of a customer relationship. So, the, in order to acquire a customer in competitive online bidding marketplace, for example, online advertising, you're going to probably need to spend a lot more money up front to get the person to your site, to get them to click through, to get them to email you, to sign up, whatever, than you're gonna make from the first transaction. That's okay, that's acknowledged in business. It's called lifetime value. And in general, venture capitalists wanna see a three to one ratio between cost of customer acquisition and lifetime value. In other words, you're gonna to wanna to make at least three times whatever it costs to acquire the customer over the lifetime of your relationship with them. This is all a way of saying that it's really important to make sure that whatever the prospect really needs is what you can deliver for them. And if you can't, then you can maintain your credibility with them by pointing you to someone who can and keeping in touch with them. Finally, we get to timeline. And timeline is similar to budget in that we want to make sure that this project has a real timeline because businesses run on timelines. A serious project will have a serious timeline. And that is how you stay away from prospects that aren't really serious about working with you. And I also recommend spending your time if possible not coaching these customers who aren't really quite ready yet one-on-one -on -one, because that can be a big time suck for you. But if what you want to help them then what you can do is produce content for your blog, for your social media on how to get them ready so that when they are prepared, they'll come to you. So uh, I hope that explains BANT qualification. Now, you're also, Teo, we said we we're going to talk about two things here. What was, what was the next thing we were going to talk about yeah no sure and first of all that that's great i think it's a great what you just shared is a great sales tool that i think every freelancer can benefit from so thank you for that um bant uh, and sure. for those listening it was budget authority need and timeline um so the next thing the next thing we were talking about was was the idea of being a specialist but not a business person um what that difference okay like sure that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I haven't fully mapped this out and written the playbook for just anyone, but in my book, I go over a lot of the things that you need. You basically need um, basic skills to find whoever needs to benefit from your uh, service or offering and then communicate with them, help them, and then bill them, and then maintain the relationship. That's really all it boils down to. And, you know, different business processes and acronyms and techniques can help you with each step of the way there. But at a basic level, it's figure out who needs what you have, go meet them and communicate with them, get them to trust you and to buy from you, and then keep them happy after they bought from you so they refer you to other people and keep buying from you. If that's at, at, at a high level, that's all it boils down to. And then pretty much any of these techniques, such as BANT qualification, all just are helpful for helping with every step of the funnel. That's either finding your market or approaching your market and getting them to communicate with you. And then once they're communicating with you, getting them to transact with you, it's, it's every step of the way requires different skills to improve. I'm not like some spiritual guru who's going to offer you like a holistic message on, you know, how to make it happen. Cause I, I, I don't believe in that. I mean, and you know, I, I, spent a lot of my uh, early 20s in spiritual work doing meditation and reading about the new age and all of that. And while it was very gratifying from a spiritual perspective, it's not clear to me that there was a direct impact in business, except for the fact that I will say that if you're dealing with a client who stiffs you on an invoice, the first thing to do is just meditate and not let your emotions run wild because if you get emotional, you're probably going to make a mistake um, that will be used against you. So um, I hope that helps. No, that more than helps. And I, and I, I love your, your honesty and, and the way you share your, your stories because these are all lessons and experiences that people can generally apply to not only the business life, but they're, they're just the personal life. And, you know, it's been interesting hearing you talk because I can I can almost almost see part of my, myself in there. But it, it, it's just um, it, it's relatable. Um, and, and that's that's the most important thing. But to your point on that transition from being a business person and being a skilled expert, I couldn't agree with you more. It's all on it's it's around those relationships you built. You know, finding people that need what you want, then going to them and communicating to that. So that that begs the question: How do you build that communication skill? And a lot of that comes from you just starting out first. We can take this interview as a case in point. So you reached out to me at the end of last year. You know, the thirty first of. December and you know you basically said Happy New Year. Your name's Zach, your freelancer, and the reason you were emailing because you wanted to be a guest on the show. And then you listed out why you felt like you make a great guest. It's the same sort of deal. You know, you find out the contact in in the person you you feel like is a good potential client. You reach out to them, introduce yourself, um, and then basically get to the ask. You know, tell them why you know you feel like you'd be good for that, and this is what you want to do, and then. If they say yes, they say yes. If they say no, they say no. And I imagine you've done that for other podcasters, and your success rate might not be hundred percent. But the people, <laughs> but the people that that respond to you are the people you want to respond to you, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I, I, that's exactly correct, Dale. And I, I want to make another point here, and it's that 
just get to the point. And when yeah. it comes to business, you really need to know what you want from the other person and what they what you think they want from you and just find out if there's a fit. Because right. if there's a fit, it's going to work and, you know, a lot of the sales techniques and whatever aren't really necessary. And if it's not a fit, you're just going to be wasting each other's time doing social dances, trying to be polite, you know, playing games with each other, etc. Yeah. It's not that's going to be a huge waste of everyone's time. Absolutely. So it's really just about finding out whether there's a fit and trying to find a way to make that scalable and repeatable. Like, for example, um, one thing that I did to make this process of outreach to the podcasts a little bit more efficient in terms of time is first step is I did my research and I made a list of all the podcasts uh, in the space that had a lot of credibility and reputation online. Then once I had that list of podcasts, I went and found the contact information for each podcast and I put that into a spreadsheet. Then I used an app called streak.com that integrates with my Gmail so I could send a personalized, customized message that to all of these podcasts hosts. And as a result of that, um, so, you know, there's, yes, there was a lot of uh, rejection, so to speak, or, you know, we could be nicer and say, not a good fit. I mean, it, okay, two sides of the same coin. But uh, as a result of putting in the effort, rolling up my sleeves and, and doing this work and this outreach, a lot of win-win outcomes came of it and I have a calendar that's filled with some podcast appearances hmm. so um, oh, I just want to say that if you aren't used to living in the world of rejection then you need to get over it if you want to be successful in business yeah because uh, you know it's it's really rarely personal when it is okay whatever that's life but you're gonna. It's all about the fit. It's about whether people need what you're offering. No one ever, ever, ever pays money for something that they don't really need. Yeah. So if you're getting people to pay you money for something, it's because they need it. And I talked about this in the book. Don't let a client tell you to reduce your price because you're doing them a favor. You're not doing them a favor. You're not a doctor. You're not <laughs> helping them. It's, <laughs> it's, it's business. So... Um, just keep that in mind that you're real when you're approaching these people you're really doing something for them and if you have a fear of approaching people just realize that at the end of the day the reason you're approaching them is because you want to offer something that they can benefit from yeah you're, you're not trying to you know take something from them you're not trying to get something out of them you're not attacking what you're doing is you're just you're making an offer that you think will benefit them Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be wasting your time. Absolutely. And I mean, boss, you're boss with this, man. I, I appreciate you sharing all this. But those are those are all the tidbits. And and and, um, and this is why I really wanted to get on the show. I mean, I, I get a lot of calls and emails from, from my guests. And, and we have similar type of conversations. And I felt like you being someone who's got 10 years in the game would have you know a lot more actionable tips to share so I, i'm you know it's it's truly exciting for you to to come on the show um to share this so um where can people find you i know you said break breaking into consultant.com are there any other places uh yeah so on my linkedin is zach burt you know i'd appreciate if you connect with me through email first before connecting with me on linkedin i try to make sure that i only add people whom i know so my email is Zach at ZachBurke.com. I'm going to send Teo all of my links so you can check it out on his yeah. website. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, we're also going to throw in a, a discount code for the book. So if you want to get a copy of the book, you know, hopefully you'll be able to benefit from that. We're going to give you a great price as a listener. We'll give it to you for five bucks. So okay, okay. Also, uh, I, I want to I want to say one more thing. Okay. You know, you know, when you talk about ten years in the game, that's true. But you know, I it's not because that almost. I mean, and I, the truth is, I've been at it longer than that. When I was in middle school, I was selling like burn CDs, mixtapes to kids in my class. Hmm. I've always been like, even before that, I, I was having little business ventures online. Like maybe when I was in 10th grade, I sold like an AIM robot to someone. It's like, it's a long story and I can go into it. The point is that, you know, I, I've been full time with this more or less for 10 years, but you know, on the other hand, it's, it, it's always a lot more work than meets the eye. And I'm just trying to be completely honest here and letting you know that like, it's a process. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. Um, and, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people will be a huge boost in this. Um, and, you know, thank you, Teo. No, and you said it exactly correctly. So that that's why you should get the book. And it's also why you should, um, you know, be unashamed about following your passion. Um, understand that you surround, you surround yourself with the right people is, 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 is a big, important part of, of how you, you grow. Um, and and don't be afraid to fail because you you're gonna fail. Uh, the greatest have all failed, and failing is just part of the the process. But getting that thicker skin and understanding who your audience is and how your expertise aligns with your intended audience, you're on your way, sir. You're on your way, uh, ma'am. So this is uh, <laughs> not, not leaving out any, anybody here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so thank you for coming on the show. Um, really, really can't wait for this episode to come out. And um, I definitely will be sharing all the links you, uh, you um, shared in the show notes. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 